Refuse to inherit dysfunction. Learn new ways of living instead of repeating what you lived through. Thema Davis. Your wounds is probably not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. Denise Foreman. It's not your responsibility to fix every problem or to try and make everyone happy. It's nice that you care, but you must also be kind to yourself and recognize your limits. C-Tang. What's up, Shadow Work fam? It's your friendly neighborhood Fluffy Ninja here on Shadow Corner. Oh, I missed you guys so much. You have no, no living idea. I feel like I've been deprived of my own art. <laughs> but um, it is really great to be back. I had my own little mental hiatus. This is one of the very hard times of the year for me, uh, considering the fact that um, since I've had a lot of passing around me as far as like relatives and stuff, it gets really dark sometimes, you know? But speaking of that, I have some updates for you guys, but we will not discuss that until the end. We need to go ahead and get down to the nitty gritty of why we are here. We are here to unveil the new series called Legacy of Pain. Now, this series is going, we're going to be discussing from how your behaviors or how your reaction to things is based off of traumatic responses, emotional defenses, etc. Whether it had been influenced by family members, friends, or outside influences that you probably don't think had an effect on you, but it had more than you thought. Now, with that being said, here's my disclaimer. This series is not to bash you or your family or your dynamic or how you set your boundaries or anything else. This series is to recognize exactly within your shadow self, where do you go when these situations arise? When certain people walk into the room, do they change your dynamic? Do they make you feel less than? Do all the blood drain from your face? Like there's, there's a lot of emotional attachments when it comes down to this series that I don't think a lot of us know about whether it be little or small. And I just wanted to shed some light on it. Now, of course, this series is probably going to be long and it's going to lead up until the end of the new year. And can you believe it's almost 2023? Like, God, where did the time go? It's already getting cl close to December. What is it? Like, November 29th? So we got like 24, 48 hours until it's like... December, the last year of the month. Shoof. It don't even feel like the end of the year. It still feels like it's January all over again, you know? But time goes on. Time heals. Time passes us whether we want it to or not. So I'm hoping that you dive in deep with me and we get started in on a good way. For those that are new to this podcast, my name is Ariel. 
Friends call me Fluff. Some people call me mentor, sister, uh, teacher, whatever the case may be. But just in all in general, I am a shadow work influencer. I teach you how to handle your traumas, your dysfunctions, the different things that you just don't like to talk about. I also help you when it comes down to welcoming your shadow self or accepting your shadow self as they are, as well as accepting yourself as you are in the current moment that you're in. Whether you're perfect or imperfect, it's all about the journey. And I'm hoping as you walk in with me, you'll start to get more notions about yourself. You'll start to get confidence in yourself. And you'll start to know that your differences makes you stand out, but in a good way. And when you accept your light, you won't be afraid to shine brighter. And if people have a problem with your light, tell them to get some sunglasses. Because it ain't no turning down from here. (laughs) But that's usually how I say it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this cracking. Let's get started. Now, what brought this um, upon me? So part one of Legacy of Pain, we're going to talk about the family dynamic. Because it usually is the first relationship that you have besides with your parents. So I thought it would be only respectable to start them off first. So what brought me to this topic is I went skating with a cousin of mine. And we started to talk about like different things in our childhood, what we missed, um, what we wanted uh, beyond when we decided we we're going to grow up. Did not know adulting sucks. <laughs> but we knew that the moment that we decided that growing up was for the birds is when we start realizing we kind of miss our childhood a, li- a lot more. Um, but the main key that... Um, that brought me to this was something that I pointed out to him. I told him that in some way, shape or form, you've had to be the representation of what your mom needed and what your grandmother needed. Never once did you put down that hat, even though it wasn't yours to carry. And I told him, I was like, you're grown up now, so you don't have to carry the hat anymore. So if you feel like you want to move on and just start being free and living out your life more freely, then by all means, you do that. You have every right to do that. But don't stay stuck here. So when you get a chance, haul. Leave. (laughs) When you get a chance, leave. (laughs) The South can only offer you but so much before it gets into a suffocating bucket where somebody decides they want to put the lid on it. Leave this place immediately. (laughs) And he giggled and he laughed and it was also tears and cried. But we also talked about 
uh, other things as well. How certain relationships affected how we communicate towards people, how they made us feel in some way, shape or form. So one example, um, and I said this in a previous um, episode at once upon a time, or I said this on TikTok. I don't remember. I say a lot of things. Um, I said that I felt like I was in constant competition mode with a relative of mine. And I didn't even want to participate in it because I didn't even notice it. Or I felt like I had to be perfect because the relative ended up being a representation of what the adults wanted out of all of us. And she was literally right right around our age. She was our age. And it made it hard to actually express who we were. And at the same token, be able to make the mistakes and take time to actually reflect on our mistakes and reflect on our stuff. Because otherwise it would have been like some adult will say, well, you're not trying hard enough or you're smarter than that. You know, you can do this. And we'd be sitting here like we're trying and we're trying to thrive. But the only thing we're not hearing much encouragement, we're just hearing you should do better than that. And what really got me with that specific um, conversation was that in some way, shape and form, every single person, whether it was a family member, whether it was a friend, whether it was an institution, they all had a hand in shaping and molding our way of thinking, our way of communicating with others that to where we didn't consciously or unconsciously knew what all we were absorbing. We just thought we were just being kids and we were just existing. Existing to have fun. Existing for YouTube. Existing for video games. But that's <laughs> that's here or there. Um, little did I know what uh, we actually were absorbing and how it would affect us later on. I can say at least as far as like my family dynamic, I felt like I was the fixer. I felt like I had to either fix everyone or I had to help everyone because they didn't have a healthy support system. I did this with my friends too. I consciously and unconsciously took the role of being their support system because in some way, shape, and form, their actions, their insinuations, and I don't know, is something about the way that you say, well, something about the way people look at you, like they're expecting you to step up in a, in a position that you, not that you weren't qualified for, but you didn't sign up for. So, um... Another example, like I said before, um, with me, and this is also another family dynamic thing, um, 
I have an older sister, and I think in her life she had so much hardship and so much pain that it was so hard for her to even take each trauma one piece at a time that she always held it. And she would always blame everybody else around her for the situations and the incidents that happened because no one in that moment protected her when she needed someone to. And she had to learn how to protect herself. Which is why I don't get mad at her sometimes when she gets gets lashing out. Because there's no other way for the rest of that to come out. It's literally like a pot boiling over with the lid on top. Eventually the lid's going to fly off. And it's going to go in the direction that it needs to go. Because it's been, in there, it's been on the eye so long that it just needed to come out. But the phrase that she told my mother uh, was say, now that you have your perfect child. That phrase consciously left me in mental restraints of the term where I cannot mess up. Or I felt like that I could not make mistakes because if I did I would be less than her perfect child but my mom never gave me that requirement this was something that I picked up on account of this is something my sister who is an older mentor or an elder projected on to me and I went with it because I thought that that's what my mother was expecting but in actuality my mom just wanted me to be myself because she said she'd love me either way. So, in most cases, for a lot of us, what ends up happening is that when somebody gives you a title, or if they give you something that, or a name, that you're supposed to mold yourself into that name, but in actuality, you don't have to. You don't have to be what others want you to be. You literally can start progressing into something that you know that's going to help build you as a person. Rather than tear you down little by little when you make big big or little mistakes. Um, when I started making big mistakes, I felt like, oh my God, now I'm not the perfect child. Now I'm not this. Because I messed up. When I'm just as free to make mistakes like everybody else. But because of my mental bondage of feeling as if that I had to play this role. Because of what someone else said. That is what kept me in chains for so long. So then from that point on. After I stopped. When I had a conversation with my mother. And I told her everything. Everything how I felt, how I, how I felt like I could never mess up because of what she said. And she was like, I just wanted you to be yourself. I don't expect all this. You put, you put me on the, on the high pedestal like that because you, you basically saying that I put her there because of whatever reason. Can't remember at the top of my head right now because that conversation was eons ago. But um, 
it was literally the child's mind in me. Sorry, the child in me. The little 13-year-old that felt like she had to, in order to get mommy's attention, she had to pull out all the stops. And the 20-year-old in college that felt like she couldn't do any wrong because then she wouldn't be mommy's perfect child. At that point, we both had a voice in that moment to where we could speak up for exactly what we did not have the voice then to say. And I find that funny because when someone sits here and points a finger at you saying that you uh, unconsciously or subconsciously don't know what you're doing or someone tells you that you need to instantly go to therapy because they did not take the time to make a, to make a safe space for you to be able to express yourself. That says a lot about how they would want their space when it's their turn. I've always sat there and I told my friends that no matter what the situation, no matter what the conflict, I want them to feel safe enough to come to me if I've done something wrong or if I've done something that I might disrespect you. I do the same thing with my family too. If it seems like there's something that we need to discuss, then by all means, discuss me. Now, don't get me wrong as a Virgo, and I will say this out loud. I will not I will not completely get offended, but I will get offended enough to the point where I'm just like, really, you're saying this to me type situation. I've done it. I own it there. I've said it, <laughs> but that's only because of of things that has happened to me to where when the truth actually came out and then there was an opportunity for someone to actually say, I'm sorry. And they never did. It was, it was, it was gut crunching. And it's a long story. We'll, we'll, we'll probably, I'll probably tell y'all that story later on down the line. But my whole point is when you start to play a role that was not of your choosing, you're not only giving up your authenticity, but you're giving up what your what your growth could be down the line. I'm not saying that you'll always be perfect. And I'm not saying that you won't have a role in people's lives because you will. Because you will represent something in other people's lives. You'll be their sister. You'll be their brother. You'll be their brother or sister in Christ or you'll be their spiritual sister or you'll be their mentor, their teacher. And those relationships are tidbits of what builds a person. And in some ways, I felt like, well, correction, I feel that in, especially in the black community, I feel like we need a lot more of safe spaces for us to be able to express ourselves without it seeming like everything has to be, how do I put this? 
where it does seem everything has to feel like we're aggressive in some type of way, like we're a threat. Because I've had that interaction before where someone says, you need to calm down. You're getting very hype. And I'm like, no, I'm not being hype as in I'm going to pounce on you or anything else. I'm passionate because for once, my voice is being heard. My voice is being acknowledged. And the fact that you're giving me the space and you're giving me the chance to express me, that speaks volume. Um, I even have a quote on the roles, getting back to our topic. In Psychology Today, they said that uh, part of the family's collective Part of this, uh, part of your, in the roles collective of the family collective, unconscious psychologists, like psychological projection process is when they essentially defer or outsource the pain, the tension, and anxiety felt within their their dysfunctional system onto the one person who then psychologically, sometimes physically holds the emotional energy of the family manifesting into symptoms and behaviors that the other members of the group can point and say, there's the problem. It's her, not us. Now, when I heard this, it started to make a lot of sense because I'm not going to lie to you. I have friends that we've had this we've had conversations about this where it seems like when things pop off and they are nowhere to be around, they're the first ones to be blamed for everything. Like they could be in their room chilling, minding their own business. Next thing you know, they get yelled at for just nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just minding their business. But the sibling or the family member has to find somebody to blame so they won't be at fault. And then after that, after that type of consistent abuse, mental abuse, you sort of start to build defensive mechanism. Like, for example, you're always on edge you never have a chance to relax because you have to be ready to clap back at every single second i do that <laughs> i am on the go just in case not because of someone not because like somebody in my family has done this to me but because i always felt like in some way shape or form i had if i had to if i stay ready i ain't got to be ready even if it didn't happen to me, I still prepare myself for that type of stuff. Also, one other th reason why I felt like I had to stay ready is because no one really took the time to get to know Ariel. And the only thing you saw was the actions that I've done. You never got a chance to look at, to take the time to know the person that you're communicating with. Which in turn, where I had to end up being labeled the black sheep. Like I have another cousin now 
where we're both, I feel like both of us are considered the black sheets because we never went the route like our parents wanted us to go. Um, I wanted later on in life to be part of Geek Squad and in the end result, I ended up being in the medical field. Eh, two, two polar opposites. He ended up being part of being a he his dream was to be a mechanic but right now he is a truck driver we both still have dreams and we both still have aspirations and we both still have things we want to do but in some case shape and form we end up seeing the world so much differently or seeing the world differently than everybody else In the end, we made our own roles in this life and we're still creating it as we go, which is everybody. Not everybody started where they are now. There is a lot of potholes, uh, boulders, pitfalls, all the little things that got in your path in order for you to actually be the person you are today. If you consider yourself perfect, by all means... Godspeed to you, because I don't. <laughs> I don't. I never do. Um, I am. How did I used to put it? I am a certain type of special that only the Lord can solve. And only the Lord can understand. <laughs> um, and I say that to people and they think it's funny, but it's an actual truth. No one truly will understand you more than spirit. Which is why I feel like it's upsetting when you have to play a role or be the scapegoat or be the black sheep in the role of a dysfunctional family in order to have substance. And then when you get to a point where you're like, you don't even know if it's safe to be yourself and you start to question that. That's when it becomes very serious. It's like you're literally killing your identity to play the role that others have chosen for you. Like, real talk, I have literally been the friend that sat there and I listened to your problems, whether I was doing homework or I was cooking or whatever the case may be. And not once did I tell you not to stop because I knew if you didn't get it out verbally, then it would have to come out another way. And I wouldn't mind listening, but somewhere along the line, Instead of me being your friend, I end up becoming a therapist <laughs> that you don't pay. <laughs> um, to where every time we talked, you literally illegally emotional dump on me. And I'm sitting here like, I just got off of work. I really don't know how to handle this right now. I'm still trying to process my brain. Um, <laughs> but... um. Stuff like that. When your, friend, your friends or so, or family members got, got so used to the role that you played. It kind of becomes exhausting after a while because 
when you get to the point where spirit puts you in that breaking point where you he where he literally snaps you in half and say, look, this is not what I want you to be. I didn't tell you to be that. That's when the reconstruction begins. Some ways to identify if this has happened to you is have you ever been in a situation where when, say, for example, a family member has passed and everybody around you sees you as the strongest person and they know that you that that you are the rock of the family now or you're the rock in general and you help glue the family together, you unconsciously step into that role because it's a requirement when it's in actuality it's not your responsibility to be the rock in the situation of this magnitude you're grieving yourself you're dealing with the uh, with these emotions eternally yourself and yet they expect you to do this without consulting you like how backwards is this um (laughs) I don't I don't think that this is wise. And it's not just um it's not just family dynamics. Like I said, when it comes to uh some relationships, when you end up being more than what was intended because you feel like you're doing it not out of love, but you're doing it out of service, then the relationship starts to decline and it becomes more of a business transaction rather than an emotional an emotional exchange to where you and this person we're talking about like romantic relationships now um where you and this person don't become partners you're literally just existing off of you're literally existing off of each other's uh, pain in some way, shape, or form. If that makes any sense. Uh, and you know you don't want that. Or you start to step into a role in friendships where you don't have to... You didn't ask to be that person or that representation. And then when you make a mistake or if you do something, the only thing that you literally can think about is what other people think of you. And that, my friend, is where your mental starts to get, your mental starts to decline. You start to feel less than, you start getting depression, um, anxiety over what other people think of you. Your self-esteem dries down. You stop caring about how you look. You stop caring about like daily things. One person told me high-functioning depression is when you can sit sit here and still do everything, except for uh, except for the main janitorial duties that you know that you have, like cleaning a room. Like, say it's been about over a month or so and you still haven't cleaned your room or, like, cleaned the house or whatever the case may be. But you are functioning enough to where you can sit here and 
go out with people, but you're not mentally there. You're just existing with them. Like a hollow shell. Or you go outside and you walk, but you don't feel anything anymore. It's like everything in you is empty. It's because of the weight that's been put on you. And it's not like you can actually let that weight go so easily because you've had this for a while. Like I said, you were literally everybody's go-to, everybody's, you know, their main person, their person. But when you lose that, or if you lose that respect for it, then you feel like you're less of a person. When it shouldn't be like that. Now, there are a couple of ways for you to actually start getting out of these patterns or stepping down from that role that was given to you. One way is to step back from the heavy stuff. Like, for example, if you're the main person that watches kids and you know that you have like homework or anything else that you have to do, step back. Say, I can't do that today. I have to check in with me. Another step back could be where it's like you don't answer anybody's phone calls for a second. Taking the time to actually mentally check in with yourself, with your mind, body, and spirit, and making sure that everything is checked off. Are we okay? Do we eat today? Did we taking back some of that armor, taking off some of those um how do I put it? Taking off some of the pieces that you use to protect yourself is another way to help you to step down from that role as well. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not going to be easy. Like, it's, it's not. Because it's like people that's always been in fight or flight mode. And they've been doing it for years. And then all of a sudden, now they're at a stable state where their meet, their needs are met. They don't have to go out and hustle as hard as they, they used to. They can actually stay in and relax. It's kind of hard for you to actually get back into that notion when you've been doing it for so long, you know? So check having a check-in with yourself saying, did I eat today? Did I drink water? Did I take a shower? Did I clean my room? Like, did I check in with my mind, body, and spirit through meditation? Did I read a book today? Did I go through my affirmations? Did I pray? All these little things. There, there's something in everybody that they used to do that gave them a, a drop of tranquil peace. Which, rep, which made their inner child smile or what made their inner their inner higher self say hey we're at peace here let's sit here for a while and again i know it's going to be it's hard to step down from those roles when you've done it for so long and when you've sat there and you've 
been everything for everybody. You've been everything for the people that you cared about, for your job, for your community. But whether you know it or not, it's literally diminishing your spirit when you don't have a time to breathe. And in some, like I said, in some dynamics, when we manifest these behaviors or these reactions, like taking a quick offense to something because it's not the way another person wants it, or taking taking shots at people because they're not getting where you're coming from. Those are defense mechanisms for the person that's trying to say, hey, hear me. I want you to see me. I want you to know that I exist. Like it, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. You can point these out on people. Like it doesn't take much to do so. And I know some people um, that I know, one of their coping, one person I know, their coping mechanism to deal with traumatic experiences and um, loss and different aspects uh, is to not to meditate, but to literally just drive. Drive to, they go to Starbucks, they put their headphones on and they put the head on, head on the table and they're just relaxed. That's their piece. That's their coping mechanism because that's the only thing that they know. If they go outside of a situation they and take time for themselves and then put themselves back in it later, to them that makes it easier than staying in it and suffering. Which I get in a way. Mine is just, my coping mechanism when it comes down to uh, when people don't understand me or when people don't get where I'm coming from is to just not agree with them, but just to try and continue the conversation. Just don't say much at all because after a while, people are just going to say that they're, they're literally listening to themselves talk. Um, but if I know that it's gotten to a point where now you're over talking me. Now you're making me feel like my opinions don't matter. Then what will happen is that I'll just shut down. And I'll just write my feelings. Because if nobody else is going to listen to them, at least I, I'll take the time to put them down on the paper. Um, another thing I used to do when... I used to feel like everything was very overwhelming. I would listen to Linkin Park. And um, one of my favorite songs from them is called Shadow of the Day. And I would listen to that because it gave me a mental, a, a very calming mental clarity, knowing that this moment is not forever. It's just that. Just a second. It's just a moment. And it's not going to be here forever. It's just here for the second. Um, and what I encourage you to do when it comes down to you 
walking out of the roles that were not yours in the first place, whether it been in the family dynamic, whether it be in a friend dynamic, romantic dynamic, whatever the dynamic it is, cult, it does not matter. Start peeling back the layers that don't represent who you are authentically. Start looking at the things that people try to project on you and compare the notes. Compare the accolades. Compare what you already know about yourself. If someone says that you're hateful and spiteful, but you know you know for a fact that's not who you are, then you strike it off. One thing I used to do um, when I was like 25 was I would write down everything negative someone has said about me. Everything negative someone had ever said about me. And then on the other side, I would write all the things that I knew that I was. Little did I know that as I was continuing writing all the things that I was, it overlapped all the negative things that people were trying to project me on me because these are things that they were dealing with. This was not my baggage. This was not nothing that pertained to me because it didn't represent my, it did not represent me. It wasn't part of my character because I knew who I was. I knew I was strong, independent, willing to hustle for what she wanted, able to like rub two pennies together and make a hundred dollars. I knew that's who I was. Now, occasionally, yes, my friends would have to remind me because I would get I would get down because I felt like it wasn't coming as fast. But I went through that whole list. And I X'd out everything that was not me. Because I realized everything on that left side, every comment on that left side was not just a projection of what they were dealing with, but the role that they wanted me wanted to me to play in their life. Or the what in, in some cases the villain in their story. Or whatever I represented in their story in their life. And I knew that this was not who I was without even trying. And that's how powerful self-awareness is. When you sit here and you have a conversation with your shadow self. And you start to peel back the layers together. To recognize what you are and what you represent. For yourself, your beliefs, your goals, your dreams. And looking at what the naysayers say or what people try to put on you or what role they try to put you in in their life or in their family or in their dinette and whatever relationship. And you know that that's not you. You wouldn't harm anyone. You wouldn't do that to anyone. And another thing that I realized within also in this roles when I did this list 
I also listed the people's names that said it to me. And when I looked, and this is so good. And when I looked at the people that were actually saying these things about me, I realized these were the people that made me feel so unsafe. They didn't give me a safe space to express myself. They never gave me a safe space to actually be me. And I started to think about that with every interaction I ever had. See, later on in life, you're going to have to understand that no one has to be your piece. It's good that they represent that sometimes, but no one ha it has the responsibility of being your piece besides you. You have to make that safe space within you when times get hard and when times get very heavy. Because that's not their responsibility. But it were the responsibility of the other person. If they love you enough. Is to give you a safe space to be you. And not make you feel like you're always on the defense. You're always ready to jump. Jump, uh, jump or throw hands, then that means that they didn't give you a safe environment to be you to be in. They've only added in their hand of how your behavior acts upon everybody else. Just think about it. Like, let's put it this way. Think about everybody in your life right now. Everybody that has ever talked and said they were proud of you, said that they loved you, said that they would do anything for you. But when you have a season that's unpredictable and a storm blues in that you never thought and they see things that they don't like about you that they didn't see before. Will they continue to provide a safe space for you? Continue to say I love you? To continue to say I support you? Or will they flee? Because that says a lot of that about their character. And it says a lot about what they want wanted in the beginning compared to what they're compared to whether or not they were going to get it even through your rough time. If that makes any sense. Like, you're not the same person you were when you walked in the season that became very difficult. But they're expecting you to bounce, to snap out of it, be that person, and be about it when they don't expect you to be emotional. They don't expect you to be... um, to have issues. But the moment that you do... It's a no-go for them. But when you used to accept them for who they were, then it becomes a whole different other 
a whole different other problem? Like, you have to think about that. But, point that I'm trying to make, and I know that we're past our 40 minute, 45 minute time. Here's my thing. Relationships are not... Relationships when it comes to a family, even a dysfunctional family, it's not meant for you to fix everything. It's not meant for you to stand in a role that you were never prepared for. And I'm speaking to this person right now. If you are in a role that you were forced to be in because you had to force yourself to grow up or you had to force yourself to be in a position that was never your responsibility, it's time for you to walk away from that now. It's time for you to actually start growing and developing who you are, the real you, not the old you that used to depend on to get you through those hard times, but the you that has learned the lessons of the trade, learned the lessons of the storms that you were in and learned that it's okay not to be okay. But even better when you have people around you that's going to support you when you're not okay. So for homework assignment for this, what I want you to do is to make a list of everything that was ever said about you negative and put it on one side and on the opposite side put all the positive things that was said about you or what you know for a fact is who you are not just because you what you say so but because what your heart knows and what spirit knows who you are And after you do that, I want you to take the moment and once you're done with that list and you write it down and you fill it out, for those of you that are not scared to to do it, burn it and move forward because you are not those things. You are not that role. You are literally not the projection of others' negativity and insecurities. In actuality, you are exactly the person that you should be in this moment. And you need to love on them. Give yourself a hug. Literally, like, give yourself a big hug. If you're not a person that likes to rip it up, you can burn it. Um, if you're a person that doesn't like writing down their feelings and you just like to express it, scream, yell, do whatever you got to do, get those feelings out. Because the one thing I can tell you, for it's from someone that's st- still studying chakra, when your throat chakra is blocked, <laughs> it is like a giant knot in your throat 
that unapologetically will stay there until you finally speak your truth and then you can breathe. So for my shadow seekers, shadow work fam, it's time to move forward and start looking to the future when it comes down to yourself in this regard. Because whether we know it or not, there's something so much bigger waiting on on the other side. It's called peace and understanding and being able to not let the little things bother you. I know it's easier said than done, but take it from someone that had to do it. But that wraps up at least part one of the uh, legacy of pain. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the series. This is part one. Um, in part two, we're going to dive deeper into when we talk about grief, when we, in, um, grief in a family dynamic, as well as the different types of families where roles do play a part in it or the roles that don't seem to where we don't seem to fit but I'll explain that further when we go down the line but I'm really grateful that uh, to be back I'm grateful to be back on the mic and slamming these discussions (laughs) um but I did say I had something to tell you so Officially, as of a couple of months ago, we now have an official website. It's called www.shadowseeker, sorry, shadow-seeker.com, where you get to learn a lot about me, get to learn a lot about what I do and who I am. We also have all our social medias here. Um, our TikTok is Shadow Work Influence. If you haven't followed, just go ahead and go out and follow. Um, Facebook, Shadow Work Fam. You can look us up on Facebook. Um, we're also getting a Snapchat and we'll be posting daily um, affirmations or, um, sorry, weekly affirmations. Uh, there's also a series called Couch Talk where we talk about different different things from how you look at you to where you're trying to go when it comes down to your journey that in between similar to what we do with shadow corner but you get to see a side of me where how I usually talk to my friends if that's the case sorry if that makes any sense um but we also are having meeting of the minds November 30th, 2022. That should be at about 7.30. It will be streamed on Facebook, Twitch, as well as YouTube. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, 
meeting of the minds, I pray that you do so. And I hope that you do so. But otherwise, as always, it is always great to see you. Always great to hear from you. And I'll see you in two weeks. Blessed be.